Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Ace Space Podcast. My name is Dan, and today we're joined by two amazing people. Key Michael, how are you? Oh, wow. I mean, I'm amazing people. That's you're too kind. But yeah, we're pretty good. We're pretty good people. I feel like I used amazing last week. Maybe I should have come up with something I know, this like, week. But... A couple of jerks. We're, we're joined with a couple of punks this week. But we're also joined by Jordan Holter, who had a pretty good week this week. Yes, she Jordan, did. how are you today? Uh, I'm doing well. As I told you before we started recording, we had today off after our five-set win over Vakif at Vakif um, in the first round of the semifinals for Champions League. So I'm, uh, yeah, it's a pretty good day for me. A good, uh, good Friday. <laughs> Oh Not my gosh, my, my heart is so full hearing that because I also played a Busto and just being like Busto beating Vakif is just like explosions in my head. I'm so excited for you guys. You must be on a cloud nine. No, I'm super happy for not only us, but Marco um, and the club. And um, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's a good, it's a good way to go into this last part of the season um, still winning. So yeah. So what does the day off look like uh, after a big win like that? What did you get up to today? Well, you know, during this pandemic coronavirus time, um, Italy actually just went back into red zone. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the numbers are going back up. So today I went on a nice long walk. Um, Sun was out for a little while and... um, and then that I went to the grocery store. So that was my, that was my off day. So I'm super big excited. day, big day. I super. feel like sleeping is always like number one priority after a big match. Yes. Like what do you, you don't really want to do much except just like hang out in your bed. Right. Right. Exactly. We had a long travel day back yesterday and yes, yeah, sleeping in and honestly, yeah, not having anything open, you have nothing to wake up to look forward to. So it's kind of just lounging around and uh, going wherever the wind blows you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We're here. I'm actually with, in Dallas in like a bubble right now. And when we have days off, there's literally nothing we can do. Like we're not even allowed to go to the grocery store. If we want to get groceries, you have to have them delivered. Right. So yeah, I feel you on that. It almost like takes the pressure off because sometimes you have a free day and, you know, teammates are like, hey, let's go do this, go do that. And you're just like, actually, I kind of want to just like lay around and watch Netflix. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, especially being a foreigner. It's like, oh, wow. Okay. Where, like, should we go to Como? Should we go to Milan? Right. And yeah. now it's like, do you want to go to the grocery store? Yeah, <laughs> no guilt, no guilt whatsoever because all those awesome places are closed down. Yeah. Have you done a lot of traveling while you're over there before? Like, well, I guess before the pandemic. Um, last year, I actually was able to go um, into Switzerland for a couple of days and then um, pop on a flight to London for two days before the holidays. So that was, um, that was fun. It was really fun. I, was- I like to travel and it's, it's something that um, I think, every foreigner can say they enjoy about playing overseas is the Did couple you take, days you have here and there getting to go getting to go see things that you wouldn't normally be able to go do did you take a photo in a red phone booth while you're in london you know what i did not because i, I actually went alone so i um, and you didn't bring a tripod with you no, <laughs> or ask photos, a stranger the few photos i did get um actually someone someone did take for me but not in a not in a red phone booth no Oh, that's the classic one. You got to get that in London. You got to get it for the gram. You have a great Instagram, by the way. I did a little bit of creeping on you earlier, but I love your your photo style. And you always you have like a one liner, you know, it's never too much information. It's like pithy and cute and like 
I'm like, I gotta, I gotta follow that, that lead. Good short, short and sweet, short and short sweet. Short and sweet to the point. <laughs> I love it. Love that. Key, you had a pretty good week too, eh? With uh, a, a good draft result. I had a, <laughs> I mean, I had a you? great week. Yeah. I always have, it's, I mean, I always have a great week. I love what I do, but yeah, I was drafted by, by Jordan Larson this week. So I'm excited to play with her. It's been really cool. Just like meeting volleyball players that are huge, big name players. And now let alone being teammates with them. I mean, you would know that Jordan, you've obviously been in the USA <laughs> pipeline forever. Yes. Trust but... me. I feel that every day in the summer. Um, yes. It's kind of, yes. Trust me. That feeling, that feeling does not go away for me. <laughs> Right. You kind of pinch yourself. I mean, it's almost like it becomes normal to just be like, oh yeah, there's, there's Jordan Larson. She's my, she's my teammate. She's my friend or same with like Sheila Castro now, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's exciting. It's It's really cool. It's really cool. Yeah. Something that never is taken for granted for sure. Yeah. So do you see the Italian women's league now as the, as the top, uh, the top league in, in women's volleyball? Like, like, I guess kind of like it is in the men's, the men's side. My answer is very biased because this is the only league that I've ever played in. But oh, yeah. <laughs> um, in my opinion, yes, I think top to bottom, um, I think it is the strongest um, and most competitive women's league um, in the world. And just the best place to play. Just the food <laughs> and the people and just yes. all of it. Yes. All of the things. Well, the, the, the culture. The culture. It's <laughs> molto bene. <laughs> my Italian is absolutely embarrassing I, I won't even try and pull out a sentence I I technically used to be fluent but I haven't spoken it fluently in years so well at least you can say you used to be I have never been and I don't know if I ever will be I really I need to I need to buckle down and and try to learn but it, it's hard when everyone on your team speaks English so I know I know exactly I know it but hopefully uh, you'll be playing in Italy for the foreseeable future for years and years. So eventually you'll be. Yes, yeah. exactly. Be so, no so how do you guys learn uh, your, your second language key? Maybe how did you, how did you learn Italian originally? Just being exposed um, to it a lot or? Well, specifically in Italy, I had an Italian boyfriend and his family didn't speak any English. So I basically, that was my only option. I either had to learn it or just sit at family events, twiddling my thumbs. like So I just, yeah, just kind of like studied and he helped a little bit, but I don't know. I, I like to study. I'm a bit of a geek as well like that. I don't know about you, Jordan, but in my free time, I was just like doing little work, you know, get those fill in the blanks kind of, and then just practice, practice. Yeah, I definitely don't do that in my free time. But I think something that my teammates have told me that helped them kind of learn more English is just putting like the subtitles on in either. So for them, on in English and then like watch whatever they're watching in Italian. And so you can kind of read the sentence structure and um, sort of try and grow vocabulary that way. Um, so I've done that a couple times to episodes of like friends or, you know, just random, random things. But, uh, I actually, I have one really embarrassing story. I remember it was actually with Julia Leonardi. I think I wrote her a birthday card and I wrote like buon compleanno and I, and I spelled anno incorrectly. And it's like the difference between year or but, and it was like happy, but in Italian or something like that. (laughs) that was my that was my first year and I was like I was like from that day forth I was like I vow to learn the language and never make a fool of myself again good for you good for you yeah yeah 
I definitely have embarrassing moments, but I, uh, yes, nothing, nothing has been so severe that I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm learning it today. <laughs> what do, do you do, do in your free time then? You know, I, I play my guitar a lot, um, mm -hmm. just for fun. I, like I said, today I went on a walk. I really enjoy just roaming around, even though our, our little town of uh, Fagnano doesn't have, doesn't have much, but um, there's a nice river about a couple kilometers from here. So. so you don't live in Busto Busto? No, we live- Fignano. About, I, I don't even know where Fagnano is. I know Castellanza, On the other Busto. side of, of the highway. Oh. It's like, it's pretty rural. Towards Novara? No, towards, um, more towards Varese. Uh, but it, but is it okay? Yes, but I say, see, okay. exactly. This I'm is, like trying to, put those it are the in my head, but even the pronunciations, I'm like, I butcher it all the time. <laughs> um, nice. So, one yes. place where you would not have to speak any Italian is the USA national team gym this summer. Quick question just, I've always found the American women's national team to be a bit interesting because, correct me if I'm off base with this, but there are kind of open tryouts, right? For the, uh, for the national team, or is that, or am I completely off, uh, off, off base here? Yes, there, there usually are open tryouts in either January or February that usually take place in Colorado Springs. Um, and yeah, anyone is, anyone's free to come try out. It's usually majority of it is collegiate players that are usually trying to make, um, some of the, you know, collegiate national teams. Um, but yes, I, I do believe that anyone <laughs> okay. can sign up for the tryout and um, be evaluated by our USA staff. What are your thoughts on this VNL bubble idea? Are you for it or are you kind of, what are your thoughts? I don't think, I don't think this, just this last year in general, I don't think anyone is excited to go be in a in the same place for a given amount of time. I think that's just a given, but I do believe that it's the most efficient and the safest mm -hmm. way to run a tournament um, in this in this climate. So mm -hmm. am I for it? Yes. Am I excited about <laughs> the bubble? Not necessarily, but I am excited to um, be in it with my teammates like to know that I have, um, I'll have 17 other girls there with me who are American and who I haven't seen some of, I, some of them I haven't seen in over a year and a half. So I'm sure we have just endless things uh, to catch up on. And uh, <laughs> I'm excited to be, to play with them again. It's always really, really enjoyable um, to be in that atmosphere with those people. Will you have any time off between pro season and going there or is it pretty much like direct? That is a great question that I do not have the answer to. The like, I will let you know. It's all kind of dependent on when our season is um, done. So, you know, usually it's a conversation that we individually have with Karch somewhere towards the end of uh, the season, um, right. for example. The girls who are done playing in Asia, um, who finish, you know, maybe January or February, 
might get two weeks off because, you know, they're not in any rush to get back to start right. training with the team. There's really only a handful of people in the gym at that point. Um, whereas, you know, there are between the four teams right now in um, <clears throat> the semifinals, you know, Haley Washington, Micah Hancock, uh, Kim Hill, Michelle Barch, um, and myself, you know, if you make it to the finals, you're not done until May 3rd. Um, and then right. we leave for BNL on the 20th. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing the time off might be maybe one day at home to kind of set your stuff back at your home base and then fly out to Anaheim. So yeah, we will, we will see <laughs> what, uh, what the future has in store. <laughs> That's that was one of the things I always thought, I mean, I love playing pro volleyball, but if you have to do it year round with really no break, like you just said, like you're playing over Christmas most seasons and yeah. then you don't really have a summer except maybe you'll get a week after VNL or something. Right, exactly. That's so exactly. tough on the body and the mind. And Yeah, especially this year. I think this year, especially with, with COVID, just, you know, mm -hmm. the whole year has really been volley-centric in general. You don't really right. have balance, balance to your life and um, for it to be just kind of all volleyball from, from really August until August again, it's a full 12 month um, grind right now, but you know, hopefully we're all aspiring to make the Olympic roster. And um, so, you know, the payoff, the payoff is for sure worth it. And, yeah. yeah. And do you think you'll play, are you one of those players who sort of foresees yourself just playing until you literally can't walk anymore? Or are you kind of like in the back of your mind, oh, I'm, you know, might want to be an adult someday. <laughs> I, I'm definitely not one of those people who will play until my body cannot anymore, but I will play until I'll play until I stop enjoying what I'm doing. Right. You know, if I find myself in a situation overseas where I am not getting better at volleyball anymore and just really, there's no more, there's no more fight or fire competitiveness, you know, going into going into matches, then I think that'll be, That'll be the time that I uh, pull, pull down the knee pads and uh, <laughs> hang it up. <laughs> and do you know what you want to do afterwards? Do you have something in mind that you would love to just try? You know, I am pretty open to whatever happens after volleyball, but um, I majored in, um, in film at the University of Illinois, and I would love to uh, pursue some, some type of sports um, production after. Oh. Wait, how do I not know that? I feel like I should have done better research and known that you studied film because I love videography and like I'm diving into YouTube right now, which is, you know, obviously not film cinema, but just learning about cameras and yeah. gear and just filming and all that kind of, all the things that go into creating a broadcast or a, a publication of some, some video format is so fascinating to me and I just love it. Yes, exactly. We'll have, we'll have to geek out on that off air at some point. Yes. I don't know if all the volleyball fans are as, as excited about it as I am, but I love that. I love that you are into that. That is so cool. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I think our sport kind of offers a lot of, I don't know, creative flow. I think especially being a setter, you know, I feel like I get to create mm, yeah. through setting and that's really fulfilling for me. I get to create situations or, um, you know, scenarios for, other attackers and um you know just have a lot of fun with it in that regard and then I think film also serves as 
another creative outlet that I really haven't had the time to, um, to pursue. Cause even in college, you know, I was limited to a lot of what I could do, uh, just yeah. being an athlete and having our schedule. So I would really look forward to, um, exploring that Avenue after I'm, after I'm done. Hey, just pick up a camera, just pick up a camera and film what you do. If you started a YouTube channel, the world would love that. The Volvo world would be so excited by that. See though, I, I'm not huge on being in front of the camera. Right. I, would, okay. I want to be behind the camera. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Nice. nice. Well, it's so easy to get, like I said earlier, it's so easy to get into nowadays with, you know, all the resources available. It's like, like he said, just, you know, buy it, buy a decent camera and you can be started with a couple of YouTube tutorials and, and you're yeah. going the next day. Exactly. Um, Key, you want to go digging into? Yes. This is my favorite part of the podcast where I get to dig into the guest on a more human side less volleyball more just what makes you tick so digging into jordan poulter what's your favorite chain smokers song (laughs) my favorite chain smokers song um are you asking me this because oh i'm asking you yeah no no no, i'm are you asking me this because somewhere i said that i like the chain smokers (laughs) i cannot reveal my sources jordan (laughs) Um, that's really hard. Um, I think, you know what? I actually know a lot of their music and this is going to sound super basic because it's probably the most popular one, but Roses is my all-time favorite Chainsmokers song. Can you sing it a little bit for us? Because I don't know no, that one. I, ref- I will not. Damn it, Jordan. Sorry. I try every sorry. time. Every time I... <laughs> what does the word bing mean to you? <laughs> I could cry because I want one so bad, but <laughs> um, I just think tasty. That that's what it means to me. They're just tasty. So, for people who don't know, Bing is a natural energy drink made with Bing cherries, um, and they're from they're out of Colorado. So I, you know, it's kind of a local a local thing. But they've really expanded throughout the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. And I am kind of obsessed with them. <laughs> I just think they taste really good. So I can reveal that my source for this was Ali Bastianelli, who you oh played with God. in Illinois. Yes, and I was like, tell me something about Jordan. She's like, she loves Bing. And I'm like, what the heck is Bing? <laughs> she should order some for you in the bubble because you yes, sure maybe. have them at some of the grocery stores in Texas. So maybe we can get sponsored by them. Do you know an in? Are you an in? Are you in? You know them? what? I I had reached out probably two years ago and they they did actually send me um, some free bing. So it wasn't a sponsorship, but it def- I definitely did get some free product out of it. Nice, love that. Um, yeah, we'll look into it then. <laughs> All right, um, next question. Colorado or California? Colorado. Okay, that was an easy one. Yes, I had to throw in an easy one there, so I didn't, you know, keep on your toes. <laughs> um, what do you look for in a longboard? For me personally, I I have a pretty 
I have like six of them. So I have a pretty wide variety, honestly. Um, my favorite one is a pintail and it is bamboo. Um, so it has some nice flex in it <laughs> when I, flex, when I yeah. it. but, uh, no, it's, um, I don't, I don't really look for a lot other than, uh, if it's, if it's cool. And mm -hmm. <laughs> the first time I step on it, if I'm like, yeah, this is cool. Um, <laughs> I know nothing about skateboarding. So I, I just know that there's a lot of, if you are into it, there's so many details that can change. I mean, everything, like you said, down to like the flex or like the width of the trucks or the actual yeah. length of the board, like all of the things. Whereas I'm just like, oh, that's a skateboard. Like I literally don't even know the difference between a longboard and a any other kind. So yeah, no, there. Yes, there are. And trust me, I'm not claiming to be any sort of uh, expert. I just it's just a hobby of mine. But uh, <laughs> it's yes, it's something that I enjoy and. Um, it's actually, I have a, a little cruiser board here in Italy, but it's nicer to ride here if I can find, you know, some nice paved roads instead of the cobblestones um, mm -hmm. because it's more flat here mm -hmm. than it is in Colorado. In Colorado, you're either going uphill or going downhill. And mm -hmm. If you're going uphill, you're usually walking, walking yeah. the board. So. <laughs> true, true. Who's going to win in Finney this summer? It depends on who my partner is, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had no idea what Finney is, but Jordan says that she and Tori are going to kick your, your and Kelsey's butt. Is that who you were playing with last summer? I, yes, Kelsey was my uh, Finney partner in 20, in 2019. Um, and what is Finney exactly? So it is a card game that was invented by Marv Dunphy. And oh, okay and someone else whose name I do not know and has been kind of passed down um through through yeah USA USA players I think um and it yes you can only play with four people and you have to have a partner um and it's kind of I don't even know how to compare it to any other game um some people say that it's kind of like actually I, I no I'm not even gonna try to explain it never mind but I think me and Kelsey are gonna win because we take the biggest risks on how much we bet on each hand and um sometimes it works for us and sometimes it doesn't but hey you gotta go big or go home right <laughs> yeah that's so cool that it's invented I thought I was just you know missing out on something like I don't know what Finney is I've never heard of it but now it makes sense because it's literally just a USA national team game that's yes cool. it's if if you've known Marv Dumphy, then uh, then you've probably uh, heard of this game. So gotcha. it, I had never heard of it either, and it took me a while to learn by uh, by observing. <laughs> um, alrighty, what is your favorite weight room exercise? I think squatting is just the most consistent. <laughs> um, Classic, yeah. Yeah, you don't need special equipment for squatting it's pretty universal um the technique for squatting is pretty consistent across the board which is what i i like i i don't like exercises where people have their own opinions on what should what the form should be i like you know being good and consistent at one thing and uh being able to uh to take that wherever um across whoever's observing or coaching and uh yeah 
True. And I actually threw this one in because I had a little bit of a gripe. I don't know if you saw this photo that's been trending the last couple of days, the NCAA March Madness weight room for men's versus women's. Of course I, of course I saw that. Um, and did you see the food as well? The food spread? Oh, I didn't see the food. No. Yes. Uh, the, the girls had like a, a little like plastic Tupperware of some really suspect mashed potatoes and then some just really bland looking steamed vegetables and what looked like just some thought out um, meat with a little gravy on it. And then the, the photo that I saw, the men had, you know, a giant spread with what looked like kind of a, a mix of barbecue options, like mac and cheese, like in giant metal tins that you can scoop your own portions out and, you know, some various meat options. And uh, it just, I can't say that I'm surprised, but it makes me very sad for, for them. Um, especially because I think they're in the same, the same, the same bubble, right? the men's and women's are in the same area. Dan, Dan, you might know more about that. I'm no? not sure. I haven't been, been following it, but I did I, see I, the post you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I only saw the photo. I didn't really dive too far into it. I just saw it earlier today, but yeah, it really got me a little bit. And right after International Women's Month and all of, I mean, I thought we were going in the right direction, but that do better NCAA, that's all I'm saying. That's, that's I think I commented that on, on some post that I saw just it, it's it's mind-blowing that some I mean someone someone in the NCAA made a made a decision and said mm -hmm. okay we are going to give the women the mats and five through 25 pound dumbbells in mm -hmm. case they're feeling really uh <laughs> they really want to go get after it you know <laughs> all right what back to you uh I had a couple of people I mean I've been asking a few people I've been stalking you a little bit with among the girls around here and so I was asking a couple of people and somebody said I said how would you describe Jordan and they said hilarious sense of humor and unmatched work ethic which I'm curious if you were to describe yourself how would you describe and that's really that's a really flattering uh comment um that was Sam <laughs> Sam Seliger Swenson said that about you really yeah. oh that's that's really nice of her. Um, I would describe myself as just consistent. Mm -hmm. I never feel like I'm riding too high of a high or too low of a low. Um, I feel like I kind of just ride somewhere in the middle, um, both, you know, in I would say in life and in a volleyball setting. Um, yeah, I think that's honestly the best way to operate. Uh, it keeps me, I think, the most sane, even, you know, on the court in bigger matches, um, the moment never feels too big. And right. I think that that's comforting. Um, and yeah, it keeps me within myself and able to, I think, um, play my, my best volleyball. So, and hopefully from what I've been told, it uh, helps my teammates because it, you know, they, they see that I'm not rattled and um, mm -hmm. it keeps them emotionally um, stable as well. So you feel calm. All right. Last question. This one I ask everyone because I just think it's very indicative of personality. If you were an animal, what kind of animal would you be and why? Oh, geez. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the least volleyball related question possible, but you know, I, 
I feel like I can remember someone asking me this question back in like fourth grade. Um, <laughs> and is your answer the same or is it changed? I don't know. I don't, like, even, I don't even remember. I probably question. picked whatever animal was my favorite at that time. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're asking me if I was an animal, what would I prefer? <laughs> or um I think the question is more like yeah if you could if you or if you if your you personality what fits best okay. yeah yeah like for example I'd probably say I'd be like a golden retriever because I'm just like always in a good mood and always enthusiastic about life and just want to be friends with everyone okay you know? okay okay yeah that's probably okay. how I would describe me that makes sense I I can get that I get that vibe from you for sure yeah okay um <laughs> I don't know. I think just bears in general, not specific like a grizzly bear or a polar bear. I feel like I feel like they do what they want to do and what they feel is necessary um, in the moment to get them to where they need to be, whether it's okay. whether yeah. it's chilling or whether it's eating or <laughs> you know, I I don't know. I feel like they um are strong and uh, that's kind of that's I think that's if I actually yeah that's spot on that's spot on I think I think Giovanni Guidetti said he'd be a bear as well because really? he's aggressive when he needs to be but he'll like to protect his family or something but most of the time he's just like hibernating and like laid back yeah yeah I just feel like they feel the emotions that they need to feel in the moment and then move on they're never they're never aggressive all the time and then they're never just a kind of lame animal so i don't know <laughs> bears are somewhere but no one's gonna mess with a bear that's for sure as well yes. like they know people know like oh she needs to turn it on she's gonna turn it on so don't yes mess with that's it. yes but mostly you're calm love that good <laughs> one we great answer love we were able to talk through that one <laughs> yeah yeah I feel like I, I see inside your head. I see where you're going with that. Cool. That's all I've got for my questions. So back to you, Dan. All right. Well, we do have we do have a couple questions from fans because we we put it out there that Jordan's joining us on on Instagram, and, and Ryan Anton wants to know what's your favorite pregame snack. Oh, my favorite pregame snack is a coffee. Honestly, it's not really a mm. snack, but a coffee is definitely my favorite pregame um, just consumption of anything. <laughs> don't want to have too much coffee all day, every day. In America, yeah. it's an iced coffee, and mm. over here, it's an Americano. Oh. All right. Uh, Delphina Ferrer is asking What has changed since Marco Musso became the head coach? I think, I just think that the, the, there's a common direction that we're we're trying to move in. Um, I think that there's some structure into how to get to where we want to go, and um, you know, just a little more consistency in terms of um, in terms of coaching and um, being being shown how how to get there, basically um, in practice every day feeling like we have, um, you know, specific things, specific aspects um, in mind that we're trying to improve upon. And um, yeah, I would just say some consistency is the biggest difference. 
All right, and last fan question here, kind of interesting one from Adriel Ting, and she asks, uh, what motivates you? What motivated you when, when you were a teenager, when you were kind of in the younger stage? Coffee, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think, and I've told um, people this before, that even why I play overseas, um, it's not for, you know, it's not for the experience of living in another country. It's not... Um, for the idea of being a pro volleyball player. Um, it's, you know, to really try and make an Olympic roster and, you know, to continue to be, to improve and be a member of our USA women's national team. Um, you know, being younger, that was, that to me in my mind was the pinnacle of what I could do um, in my sport and, right now to see that it's within reach um, and that it's, you know, actually attainable um, is, is really cool. And um, that's, that's what motivates uh, me as a, as a player. And I think just the idea of, of getting better and kind of having, you know, not putting a ceiling on what your capabilities are in terms of um, a volleyball player um, and kind of seeing where, seeing where that takes me, so. Fingers crossed, because you're so close to it. <laughs> was there ever a moment when you were younger where you're like, okay, like I actually think like this is a realistic possibility, not just like a, the crazy dream of a, of a kid? I think in college that might've clicked a little bit more. Um, I've been super fortunate to have some of the coaching that I've had um, and really, you know, the, the timing at which certain people came into my life and, um, were able to introduce me to different aspects of volleyball. Um, and, you know, have people have coaches who were in the national team gym who were Olympians, um, and able to really kind of provide that perspective, I think, uh, opened my eyes a little bit more into, um, into what could be and into um, kind of pursuing those those dreams. So, yes, huge a, a huge part of where I think um, I'm at as a player and even as a person. I would testament to um, the coaching that I've that I've had my entire career. So, big shouts to all the coaches out there. Do you have any specific coaches that you're just like she or he said? something that still sticks with me or she or he is the I think the most influential coach that I've had in my career was uh his name is Jim Stone he was the Ohio State women's um coach for a very long time and then um coached me on the youth uh national team and was my club coach for my 15th and 16th year and I think that just he really was the first one to introduce me to international volleyball in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, in the United States, girls don't grow up watching, watching volleyball in general, other than maybe, maybe the NCAA final four and maybe the Olympics every four years. Um, right. And, you know, he really was the one who sat me down and showed me really high level talented setters. Um, you know, Danny Linz, Lindsay Berg, um, Robin Amal Santos, and, you know, just really showed me what, what volleyball could be. Um, and 
I think that kind of lit a different sort of fire in me and um yeah I think made me made me excited for for the potential in the future Maybe that's a good uh, maybe that's a good seg segue into the next our last segment here uh, for the show and it's called the hot topic. We're gonna each give our points in a debate topic and today's topic. But we can, don't worry, Jordan. We can go first. <laughs> maybe you have some time to, to think about it. But what's the big uh, what's the big next development in volleyball? What's gonna shake up the landscape of the sport? What's it gonna be? Um, Key, I could start or you could start. What, what do you, how do you want to do it? I'll go first because then I, I don't want you to steal my. <laughs> no, I, I think it's, um, I think what Athletes Unlimited is doing is is kind of reinventing volleyball a little bit. And there's been some pushback, you know, obviously volleyball as we know it is three out of five sets, 25 points each set, and then 15. It's a certain amount of, of what we're accustomed to. But Athletes Unlimited is, for example, trying to redefine the point system or only playing three sets or doing everything in a bubble or mixing up of the teams. Like these things are not necessarily good or bad in themselves, but just finding different ways to evolve the game so it's more digestible by the fans, more exciting, more, you know, condensed, let's say, different versions of volleyball. I think there's so, the sky's the limit. And if people are open to it, I think it could be, yeah. It can be really fun. My, mine isn't as, uh, you know, all-encompassing as Keys, but I think uh, we're starting to see a lot more uh, creative attacking, I would call it. And maybe as a player, it's kind of annoying, <laughs> maybe sometimes, but I think, like, you see a lot of elements of almost the beach game. There's a lot of roll shots. There's a lot of really good awareness of, of where the blockers are. You see a lot of players not, you know, not going for strong attacks every time, but really being uh, conscious of, of of how they're attacking and what they're using to attack. A lot of tips, a lot of roll shots, a lot of, a lot of placements, even some like two-handed attacking into the box. Some, some weird stuff maybe from, from the purists and probably some players don't like it as well. But I think as me as a fan, as a complete non-player, um, I think it's kind of interesting to see a variety in the offense sometimes. And I mean, it's, it's really up to the refs maybe <laughs> to decide how they're gonna call this in the future. But, but I think it's, a, it's interesting how offense and volleyball is evolving. Also, and Gapeth just like invent. Oh, I just hit the, the the lamp. He's like inventing his own shots. Yeah, you know, just exactly. like I can exactly. hit the ball behind my head. I don't need to hit it in front. Yeah, man, yeah. my shoulder would pop out if I tried to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think my um, my little uh, tidbit is going to be more driven in the American realm of volleyball. Um, in general, what I think the next step is to evolve the game. And I think that club volleyball or just volleyball in general um, at a younger level in um, kind of the 12 through 18s and even in the NCAA in college, I think the next step is going to be reducing the amount of subs um, mm. to the international format and to what the rest of the right. world was. And I think by doing this, it's going to allow it's going to allow our American players to become better volleyball players. It's going to force outside hitters to actually learn how to pass at young ages. You know, you don't just get to be subbed out when you go into the back row, you're going to, you're going to learn how, how to pass and how to play defense. Um, And I, I think that that small aspect would improve 
just the quality of volleyball um, and, and I think set set the bar a little bit higher for um, for our players and because I think even even girls who come out of the NCAA um, even if they have passed all through college I think they can attest to the fact that um, when they come overseas and play professionally you know volleyball is different and <laughs> the serves are a lot harder than what we see in the NCAA and you know their teammates with with people who have passed their whole lives and who have um you know been outside hitters that have passed the entire time and I think that a lot of people um at this level would agree that something like that reducing the amount of subs at the younger ages would would benefit our sport in general so so key agreed Classic, classic setter, just complaining about her, her outside things. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree, because in the, in the U.S. club system, you can basically, there's almost an entirely new position, right, with kind of like a defensive specialist who will just... Yeah, or a specialist, right? yeah. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, internationally, once, once you, um, if you go in for a player that player can return back in, but the one who came out cannot re-enter the court. Whereas right. in America, you can, you can keep going. in and out. Flippity flop, flippity flop, yeah. And not only from a passing standpoint, I just think from the overall game, um, you know, if you're, if you're in the backcourt, you're the odds of you taking an out of system set and learning how to out of system set are higher and you just you see that when you come over here, you see that that they're a little more polished from a right. younger age in those specific aspects, and that's something that I would love to see America um, kind of shift shift towards. Yeah. But I understand, I understand that for clubs to you know kind of maximize their profit potential, they will put you know girls the maximum amount of girls on a roster and in order to keep in order to keep everyone kind of happy you know you kind of have to find a role for for everyone and so it makes it easy to say okay well like you're you're really tall and you're a hitter but you're not you're not going to pass because this we're going to teach this shorter girl to pass and she'll come in for you in the back row and so they're able to to kind of keep keep everyone happy while still um while still making a volleyball team so interesting and it always comes back to the finances just making it usually, a it usually does with everything <laughs> as that's sad as it depressing, is depressing but true money runs, <laughs> runs, the world. Money runs oh, sports, that's for sure <laughs> yeah well cool. jordan thank you for joining us today that was a great episode i, I feel like we, we learned so much as we usually do key you, you really dug deep for those questions i mean i did a lot of research i had a lot of people at my disposal to find all of the dirt on jordan so <laughs> i did i only got one uh, jordan larson told me one thing that she was like don't bring that up because she doesn't like it so i was like okay I won't. but uh everything else i think was pretty harmless wasn't it well, now I have to, now I have to ask what it was, what it was. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll tell you, but we can cut it out if you don't want, want to see that. She, um, she said, ask her why we call her Sal. Oh, no, it's not a sensitive topic. I just, <laughs> it's just, 
she's like she hates it she doesn't like it I was like I, I mean I don't like being like called it. it but I think the story is funny it's funny because I'm also wearing a pink shirt right now. <laughs> no, I was uh... say. so the story she told me is that you were wearing a salmon colored shirt and they all just started calling you Sal and thought it was hilarious yes yeah exactly that's the that's the super basic premise of the story that they think is really funny but it's it's kind of a one of those you had to be there. <laughs> exactly. Okay. <laughs> so yes. But, well, at uh, least I know you're not sensitive about it. So um, that's right. I I'm. <laughs> it's funny that she thought I was sensitive about it, but um, yes. Exactly. I wonder if she was also just protecting because I imagine she probably has a lot of. She does a lot of interviews herself, and probably sometimes gets thrown with questions like, "Where did you come up with that?" or like, <laughs> "Why do you know that?" So she didn't want to give me any dirt if it was too dirty but well after yeah no exactly I uh no it's totally fine. <laughs> but when you hit me you hit me with the initial chain smokers question I was like oh, where did I where did I say this or who has she talked to or... yeah that was that was Allie <laughs> I was last night on all of my DMs like just sending messages over Instagram like hey so do you know Jordan Poulter or did you play with Jordan Poulter <laughs> got back some good stuff but love it love it great stuff key i mean yeah <laughs> some, some really good stories information there key you always, you always do your homework um i mean anyway, not guys, on the vo- i don't do the volleyball homework i just dive into the person homework like all the personal oh, i do I the volleyball the homework you do you do the, yeah the it's a perfect homework. match made in heaven you guys, you guys compliment each other really well <laughs> thanks so guys remember send in your debate topics to the a space at cev.eu use the hashtag let volleyball talk tell your friends about the podcast give us that good five-star rating apple podcast Uh, we appreciate everyone who's listening to this and we'll talk to you next time yes bye jordan bye thanks guys (laughs) 